Hey everybody, welcome to episode 230 of the Bite Me Podcast. I am your co-host Cliff Johnson. I'm joined today by Podmaster Colby. Woo! Is that is that like when you're like the like the game? Remember back in the day where they had like game masters, like the working yeah. Nintendo Power. Is that like you're the podcast version of that? Can people call you up and get hints? Hell yeah! You call on like me a nine hundred number about podcasting, and I'll be Casting. like, I can help. Podcasting. All right, and we're joined by Dylan, the elaborate flagon. Podmaster extraordinaire. <laughs> Today we're going to be talking about video games, uh, some PS5 updates. Um, I'm going to throw in a couple of not in my show notes Nintendo Switch updates too. Uh, Vermintide 2 is becoming a roguelike, uh, which still might be interested in. Ubisoft is closing down their online servers for 10 games, and that kind of sucks. Uh, Hard drive space is mysteriously disappearing. If you are playing Outriders on PC, we'll tell you how to fix that. Um, your smart device from Amazon can now download your Game Pass games, which is kind of fun. Epic is losing ridiculous amounts of money, but I don't think they care. They just got a $1 billion uh, round of funding, um, including, I think, $200 million from Sony. So they're losing a ton of money. But what is money anymore, to be honest? Yeah. We got questions from Devinster Squid. That's Colby. Hey, it's uh, me. It's you. Um, I put a random T in the show notes. I don't know if that's important or not. Uh, we got a question from Rich, Joe Coleslaw, and Princess Megan. A couple cheap free games, and then a little bit of Troll Corner, which you'll be shocked to find out is... Sony? Sony, again. <laughs> like, if, if they don't... Nine like, to one, their, it's Sony. <laughs> if they don't get their whatever together, like we're just going to rename Troll Corner to Sony Corner. It's, maybe, it's very maybe Saturday. Maybe we can just... Do you think we can get a sponsorship? <laughs> That's what I was going to say. By Troll Sony? <laughs> Troll Corner brought to you by Sony. Troll Corner will just God. be, what did Sony do to this week? God, that'd be amazing. Um, you know, the funny thing is, is I didn't actually even put it in the show notes, but like Sony did two kind of weird things this month. <laughs> Maybe we'll talk about both of them. I, I don't have notes on the other one, so I just have to like pull it out of my head, but it'll be fine. Uh, all right. But first off, we're going to talk about what we've been playing. Um, we'll make Dylan go last. I, I think that it's important that Dylan goes last. Do you want to go first? Or do you want me to call? I can go first. Um, cool. Like ninety percent of the games that I played, I am going to just be like, "Well, I didn't like it." But <laughs> it's all right. So I played Cozy Grove a little bit more this week, and just got to the point where like I missed a day and came back, and I'm like. I don't want to play this anymore, which was my exact reaction to, um, oh, Animal Crossing. Animal Crossing. Where I was just like, I don't think this is for me. Yeah. Um, I just don't think those types of games, like, I cannot do that, like, oh, here's 20 minutes, you know? Yeah. Like, just does not work for me. Or, like, uh, I don't know, this week I needed salt, but to get salt you had to upgrade your like the the like seller on your island and so i did that and it cost a ton of money and like so I, i'm like okay and so i i did that and i'm like okay well you've upgraded and he's like well talk to me again tomorrow and i'm like no i want to finish this mission now but whatever <laughs> so i went and talked to him in the you know next day bought the salt went and finished the quest from the day before and then went to do another quest it's like we need more salt for some uh, like another quest is like we need salt i'm like okay and then i'm like well crap i don't have two grand anyway and i'm like so i like 
did a bunch of things, got two grand, went to buy salt, and you can only buy, like, one salt a day. So I would have <laughs> had to wait for that to go into the next day, and I'm like, I just don't want to do this. Like, I don't, I don't like this. I think the um, weird thing is, is what these sound like to me is, like... <clears throat> Like it's a, a free to play game that like you should be able to spend five dollars uh-huh. and get some diamonds that make that come forward. Uh-huh. But, <laughs> but instead, you can't. It's just your time. Yeah, I, I I I'm disappointed because I don't think that's really my jam either. But I have heard that if you like Animal Crossing and if you like that style of game, mm-hmm. the Cozy Grove is great. Like people yeah. have been speaking about it very very positively. It just maybe is not for us, and that's yeah. okay. Like every yeah. game doesn't have to be. I, I gave it like you know a week or so of playing every single day, and it's just like I'm not necessarily having fun. Yeah. So, um, like a game where I I feel like I have to do every day begins to feel like a chore. Like don't yeah. get me wrong, a lot of games I will play every day, but a game where I feel like I have to play it. Um, I that was actually kind of my least favorite part of like World of Warcraft or Star Wars Galaxies is the feeling that like you kind of had to log in every day, even if it was just to like check your email because there was stuff you didn't want to miss or I got to go to the dailies today. Like I'm just not, I'm just not driven that way. I'm not incentivized to play games that way. So, so Iconoclast, which I talked about last week, I just hit a point in the game. I was about halfway through where I'm like, I'm not enjoying this. Um, It's a good game. But, like, I just wasn't enjoying it. Like, I I think I've played quite a few Metroidvanias in the last, like, five months that have felt so much better than this game that it just didn't feel good. And I got to a point that was just, like, I needed to jump and do something and then jump to another spot and you had to do it real fast because it was basically timed. And I'm like, no, this is frustrating, not because I'm bad at this, but because it's not handling the way i'd like it to are you sure it's just not that you need to get good i'm pretty sure it's not because i need to get good Mm. um and it was just like i decided i'm like i'm not having fun so i'm gonna find something else so i downloaded genesis noir because it (laughs) looked really fun is it Um, at least gorgeous like please tell me it is really pretty um it's got a very interesting like aesthetic to it it is I don't know, like, the the closest I can come to with puzzles is Mist, where, mm. like, occasionally I'm solving a puzzle and I'm like, okay, that just solved it, but I don't know how. I just kind of move yeah. stuff and it's solved, and I don't know how I did that. Um, and it got to a point where I was doing a puzzle and I wasn't sure if I was doing it wrong or that the game had, like, not frozen, but, like, had yeah. glitched. And I wasn't sure if that was the problem or I wasn't doing the puzzle right because there was no, like, instruction on how to do the puzzle or what, like, even a hint of what was supposed to come next. I'm like, I've been trying this for, like, 20 minutes and nothing I'm doing seems to be changing anything. And I'm not sure exactly what I need to be doing with this puzzle. And it was at that point where I'm like, I'm going to go ahead and say that this game is 100% not for me. Like, I should not be like i'm like so is the game broken right now or am i just not figuring out how this puzzle works i've played a couple of those and i really wish i understood i want to meet the person that's super into those games because you know there's a person that is super into those just like either either the logic makes sense to them which Uh i mean i guess is absolutely a possibility or 
they just love the like weird hunt of the logic not making sense to them. But man, it's again not you should either. you should download that game and play it for like an hour and just let me know what you think because I'm very curious if it's just that like that's not how my brain works and sure. I was confused by it or if it was really just I'm like why are these puzzles so like just nonsensical that I can't figure out what the puzzle I'm supposed to be doing is. I do think that's an interesting thing, though, because interestingly enough, the exact same thing happened to me with Carto. And I know you mm-hmm. said that like Carto was like, no, oh, yeah. it's completely straightforward. I have no idea what you're doing. And I'm like, I'd spend like what felt like was hours like putting map pieces together to try and figure out how I made a forest appear. And like, I'm like, I like the idea of this. I like the story of it. I like the gameplay, but I was playing it most of the time I was playing it. It was on my phone. And so I couldn't look up hints on my phone because I was playing it on my phone. (laughs) That that is the one thing I hate about playing on my phone (laughs) that are, yeah. Like I'm like, I need to check something. I'm like, huh? Crap. (laughs) Should I go get my laptop so I can cheat while I'm playing Cardo? That seems, that seems like a little much. Maybe I'll, uh, maybe I'll just stop playing this game. (laughs) So I was looking for something else to play, and I wanted it to be kind of short because I actually have uh, one of the games I kickstarted released, I think, today or tomorrow. Uh, sure. I think it actually released early for me, but yeah. Um, and then there's another game coming out that I really wanted to play, and so I'm like, well, I, need, I want to just play something quick that I can have done by, like, you know, today. And so I bought Solo Islands of the Heart, Um probably about two weeks ago, got it on sale. And uh, it's like a real, you know, cute little like puzzle-ish game where you're like, uh, you can choose which gender you want to be, but you know, it's it's basically like you're a person who, and it's all about like kind of love, I guess. It literally uh, says yeah. that Solo is a game about love. Yeah, and it's it's you're asked questions and you have to, you know, answer them like truthfully and that kind of affects the game or at least how the like ghost partner interacts with you or questions yeah. you. Um and it is a good game, but it suffers from the fact that it has some of the worst camera angles. Well, not camera angles, um uh, because you control what the camera does. But Sometimes when you're trying to move blocks, like the camera, depending on where you're standing, you can't move it to where you need to be. Mm-hmm. Or um, the real problem is, is that like sometimes you'll need to move something, but if there's anything in your foreground, so like as it's at your back, and if like let's say you're standing in front of a row of trees, a lot of times you can't see past those trees to put something in front of you. So you have to like almost kind of drop it willy nilly and hope that it's not like into the water that you just accidentally Uh. dropped it to like swing the camera around so you can look. But sometimes that camera angle isn't good for putting blocks where you need to. And so like, especially later in the game, I'm, I'm literally, that was kind of why I was late to the podcast is I'm like, I am at the end. Um, and so I'm like within probably two minutes of beating it. And, at the end of the game, like there's, cause there's like blocks that you can stick to other blocks. A lot of times the camera angles on those are just so difficult that it's very frustrating. Um, so it's like a good game, but it can be kind of frustrating. Sure. Um, is basically what I'm, I'm getting from it. 
Um, are, are you it's gonna fun. beat it? Oh yeah, I like literally. I'm, I think two minutes from beating it. I'm oh, at the sure. the very 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 end, um, and I'm like, well, let's go. So up. did you find out something about yourself and love? No, nothing no, at all. Nothing. Um, so the last game I played, would you like to talk about Cliff? Because you played it too. Yeah, 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 yeah. Zombie Army Four, which is the, uh, I guess, sequel to Zar- Zombie Army Trilogy, but Zombie so, Z- Zombie yeah. Army Three. Well, I mean, kind of, but Zombie Army Trilogy, Zombie Army 1 and 2 were released as DLC for Sniper Elite 2, right? And then Sniper, I think it was 2, actually. I I looked it up the other day. I'm pretty sure it's 2, but whatever. It doesn't really matter. And then Zombie Army Trilogy 3, or Zombie Army 3, was never released until they released it as part of Zombie Army Trilogy. It's a... So if you've never played Sniper Elite, it's a... It's a shooting other people game, but it's all based around sniping. Um, and like probably its like selling point is that when you shoot someone really good, you full follow the bullet through, and it shows you exactly the path of damage it does through all sorts of the parts of their body. Um, and in 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 Sniper Elite Four, I can tell you, it's awesome to shoot Nazis in the testicles. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, the game has a pretty strong anti-Nazi uh, thing, both in Sniper Elite, and, yeah, which is great, um, and, and the zombie army version of it, too. So the, the kind of, I guess, plot, I would say, of Zombie Army Trilogy is that Hitler realized he was losing World War II, and so he like used the dark arts to raise all of the dead Nazis that had been killed in World War II and to bring them back and to fight as a, essentially his troops which worked um you end up killing zombie hitler in zombie army trilogy three i believe um but with no one to control his army they just go about doing zombie things and have taken over all of europe um which is where zombie army trilogy or zombie army four picks up and it's it's so good (laughs) like it's not I don't even want to say it's like a great game. Like the story is kind of whatever. I mean, like you're just killing Nazi zombies. The the Nazis. I mean, there's zombie tanks. Like you can't make a tank into a zombie, but there are zombie yes, tanks, can. I guess. And they shoot ghosts. I think. Um, I haven't gotten and like, yet. All of the characters are just like the most like wooden, like russian german (laughs) like they're they're not there's nothing there's nothing terrific about the writing there's nothing terrific about the story but man like shooting nazi zombies in the head with a sniper rifle from like a long distance and then just seeing their head go like poop is is extremely satisfying and it's even more satisfying when you shoot a nazi and then you get the bullet time of you know the bullet exploding the zombie's head and then like burying itself in the zombie behind him it's it's a very satisfying game, I guess is what I'm saying. It, it's uh, If you just got, want to go in and shoot things, it's very good. I lined up three zombies yesterday. It was pretty great. Yeah, it's just fun. I played it. Um, Colby and I played Zombie Army Trilogy uh, co-op, which is a real fun, um, with Kalen. And really, really had fun playing that three-player co-op. Um, I played Zombie Army 4 with my kid, which might make me a bad parent. I'm not nah. sure. Are you sure? It's He's, just teaching him to... Shoot Nazis. Shoot Nazis. Uh, yeah, maybe I'm a good parent. I don't know. Either way, we've had a lot of fun playing at co-op. So it's it's one of those games, though, that, like, 
I will tell you, it is hard. Like, that game is very, very difficult. We were playing it on easy mode, multiplayer using a single player amount of zombies, and there are still points where that game is almost overwhelmingly difficult. So, I don't know. It's The, the it's, blood fountains are kind of a pain, single player. Oh, the blood fountains are... I forgot about how the blood fountains work. And so we were... So essentially, the blood fountain is a fountain that you have to fill up with blood and the way you do it is by killing people inside of a ring and i'd forgotten how they work so we were just killing a bunch of zombies wondering why we weren't progressing and then we were like oh you have to kill them inside the ring but both of us were almost out of ammo (laughs) so it wasn't great um it's it's a good game though i i really I, i i i can't even say that i like really recommend it but if what you want is a game where you just go out and shoot a bunch of zombies in the head with a shotgun or a sniper rifle. It's it's really it's really worth that. I um, recommend it. Yeah, and it's on Game Pass. Like you can't you can't lose with it being on Game Pass. So so give that a try. Um it it kind of implies that it has crossplay, but it does not really. Mm. So you can it has crossplay between the Steam and Xbox version or Xbox or like Windows version of it, I think. Um, but it does not crossplay with Stadia, and the Xbox and PlayStation don't crossplay together, and Xbox and PC don't crossplay together. So it's like I guess got more crossplay than zero, but it's not a lot. Um, it's all right. Um, that's all you've played. You, you were finished, right, Cole? Yeah. So I also played um, played a game called Outlanders, which is that new shooter from Square Enix that came out last week to a lot of like internet people threatening to murder developers, which is always cool. Um, I'm not going to talk a lot about it because I only played like two hours of it. And frankly, okay. So the, 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 the intro to outlanders is bad. Like it's just not good. Um, and I've heard that from multiple, like that's not just me saying like, it's bad. It's like the the overall opinion is the tutorial is bad. (laughs) Um, and that's fine. But the, the other problem with it is the tutorial teaches you that this game is essentially Gears of War, that it's a cover-based shooter. And apparently it's really not. It's supposed to be more of like a Destiny kind of game where you're running and gunning and shooting and using these superpowers that you have to blow up the bad guys. But the game also presents itself as a cover-based shooter. Like, everywhere you go, there's cover everywhere. Um, and it really wants you to, like, go between it. Um, and it's also a game that was designed in theory, to be playable by one, two, or three people. But playing it single player does not feel good. Um, It just means that there's a thousand people only shooting at you instead of a thousand people shooting at three people. Um, So I think I'm going to just kind of put Outlanders on hold for a minute until I can find someone to play it with multiplayer. Because I think if I keep going now, I'm going to just be very, very frustrated um, and, and not have any fun. So that's it's a Game Pass game free go play it i i i've heard that if you kind of like destiny if you like that style of game you're probably going to enjoy it um i've heard it's like a very solid like seven seven and a half out of ten so if you're looking for a good shooter it's probably absolutely one you'd enjoy um maybe just play it with a couple friends uh i'm also playing stardew valley which i really don't need to talk much about but uh because, I mean, it's like a four- or five-year-old game, and I think everybody has probably played it by now. But, god damn, that game is fun. Um, I I have wanted to play that co-op with my family since, like, the day I heard it was becoming a game. I thought it would just be a super fun game to play together. 
And like to the point of where I have probably purchased two or three copies of it over time because I'm like, well, we all have computers. We could just all get our computers around like the kitchen table and play Stardew Valley together, but never really did that. And then in February, they released uh, like a patch to the Xbox version where you can play um, its split screen, which is probably not the best way to play Stardew Valley, especially because I'm playing it like with my wife and my kids. So we're like three players split screen where I am the player that's split all the way across the top of my TV. And then they're like two boxes underneath more of the stories. I need like an 85 inch TV now. Um, but we're having a lot of fun. Like the only thing I would say that's bad about it playing it multiplayer is that you don't really exactly share quests. So like one of the first things you have to do is, um, build a furnace and like they're kind of expensive and they take a lot of materials and all of you have to build a furnace. Um, but then like you don't all have to build a chicken coop to, to get the chicken coop one. So it's like it, the game can never quite decide whether it wants you to like share all your stuff or not share all your stuff. We There's a, a quest in the fall of your first year where you have to go to like the town's having a big festival and you have to bring your bestestest like fruit and vegetables and fish and stuff that you've got and like put it in a display to win like an award at the fair. And so we're panicked thinking we're all going to have to make our own stuff. And so we're gathering all, you know, hoarding all of our best resources for like a month. And then we get there, they're like, yeah, it's that one over there. Just the three of you put it in there. So like the game's a little, a little neurotic on, on how it wants its multiplayer to work, but overall it's super fun and we're having a really good time with it. So I don't know. I, I probably don't need to say anything else about Stardew Valley, except that if you didn't know you can play it split screen, you can play it split screen. I will say you're going to go in and say, Hey, I want to start a new co-op game and then wonder how the hell you actually start a new co-op game because you'd expect that like, it's like a second controller hit a to join, or, you know, it would just start out and say, Hey, there's three people here. What do you want to do? But you don't, you actually have to go into your options and say like, Hey, I want to make, I want to, I know I said this is a co-op game, but I, I want to go in and start a co-op session and then it like pops open all the other people and then they can join. It's really, really awkward. And if you screw it up, you can often get like your second player loading into your save and playing as them. And it's, it's not a good system, but I guess once you figure it out, it kind of works. So Stardew's good. Um, final game I'm playing is rounds. If you, uh, if you haven't heard of it, it's it's a new game from um, Landsfall, the folks who may uh, publish um, like Cluster Truck and um, oh that weird game where you pit a bunch of armies against each other. Uh, totally accurate battle simulator, I think. Um, they just make some kind of weird physics games, and Rounds is kind of one of those weird physics games. It reminds me a lot of um, if you've played Duck Game or. Um, fight the game it's like one of those where you and another person will spawn in kind of a I don't want to say an arena but you know a level and then you just have to kill each other and whoever kills the other person first you know gets a uh, a, a win for that round and it goes to six rounds and like the thing that makes rounds unique is that every you so when you start out the game there's I'm going to say 20 powers that you can choose for your character. Um, they're presented kind of as cards, but it's not really a card-based game, so whatever. Um, and you get to choose one, and that might be that your gun, when your bullet lands, it explodes. Or it might be that when you shoot 
um, it shoots six bullets instead of one. And it could be, and you know, if it shoots six bullets, it's probably going to make your reload time faster. Or you have a shield, and so maybe it makes it so every time you use your shield, it drops a bomb or, or these things. And so what makes the game interesting is every time you die, you get to pick another power, and those powers stack. And so, like, if the first one you picked was... I shoot six bullets for every time I, I shoot. Um, and then you die. And the next time you pick every bullet turns into a bomb. Every single one of your bullets that you shoot. Now all six of them turn into bombs. And if you die again. And the next time you choose ricochet. It means that all six of the bullets you shoot turn into bombs. And then ricochet. And <laughs> like they just keep stacking and stacking and stacking. So if, if you. So first of all it means that even if you're down a couple rounds. You can often come back because your guns get really, really weird and interesting. It also means that your guns can also get really, really bad in a way that you just murder yourself over and over and over again because you ricochet six bullets into yourself. Um, it's, it's really fun. Um, me and my kid streamed it on his Twitch channel for probably four hours over the weekend. Um, it's six bucks on Steam. It's absolutely worth playing. I really, really hope it comes to like Xbox and PlayStation and Switch because it would be super fun to play. Uh, it's it's only two players, so it's not like all. I think Duck Game and um, Stick Fight you can play at least four player, but this is strictly two player. But it's it's a really good time. So like I said, six bucks. It's absolutely worth worth checking out if you have someone else to play with. It's great, great like couch co op. I mean. Assuming you have a couch in front of your PC, I guess. Um, finally, Dylan did not play any games, so that means he has to describe... It's a game called... Do you think it's Phalanx or Phalanx? I think it's Phalanx. 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 I think before you tell us what this game is about, Dylan, could you could you just describe the cover? I can't believe you're doing this to me. <laughs> um, yes. It is a... Uh, well, I guess I'll start with the what looks like kind of like an X-wing, I guess. Yeah. Um, flying in the background, it says the hyperspeed shootout in space, phalanx, and then to the <laughs> left, <laughs> there is a bearded man in a flannel shirt and overalls strumming a banjo <laughs> in a fedora. <laughs> it's it's kind of magic. What do you think this game's about, Dylan? I'm going to say that it is essentially like a Galaga and they just put an old guy in a flannel shirt and overalls and a bushy beard and a fedora strumming a banjo on the cover. You're, you're right. Advertising company responsible for the box art later admitted that they had deliberately chosen this theme in order to attract the customer with something original, considering there were many space shooters in the market that looked alike. So absolutely, Dylan, you nailed this one. It is a... Games uh, should start doing that more. Yeah, I love it. I love it so much. Uh, IGN named it the fifth most awesome cover in a top 25 countdown on their website. So. What's number one? Uh, let's see. They unfortunately do not link to it. Uh, I'll, I'll see if I can look it up. Um, I was going sug to like suggest that maybe it had like a, I don't know, like a space cowboy theme, like... But then I was like, I I think it's just, I think it's just Galaga. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like a side-scrolling shmup, I believe. Like, yeah. Let's see. These this is this must be very old, old IGN because yeah. It's, well, first of all, yeah, two thousand seven. 
Yeah. So uh, number number five is phalanx. Number or fa- phalanx, phalanx, phalanx. I don't know, whatever. Uh, number four is Sid Meier's Pirates, which is just kind of a pirate. I don't know. Yeah. Was... Uh, number three is the horrible he- uh, Mega Man cover where Mega Man <laughs> looks like he was drawn by like a monkey. Yeah. Yeah. Number two is Iron Sword Wizards and Warriors 2, which yeah. I believe has Fabio as mm-hmm. a sword-wielding buff dude. And then mm. number one is Ninja Golf. And I think that it might just be because it's a game called Ninja Golf um, with a, a kind of dorky-looking ninja holding a not really ninja sword. It's more of like a scimitar kind of sword, and he's got two golf balls on his, his outfit. So Do you remember there know. was an Aqua Teen Hunger Force golf game? <laughs> I do, yeah. That was actually so, really good. Some of the other ones are actually maybe even better. I Want My Mommy is a game, apparently. Hmm. Um, Night Trap had a terrific cover. That was real good. Uh, let's see. Uh, let's see. Where is it? Uh, the Daedalus Encounter, which I believe has Tia Carreri in it. Uh, so, you know, that's something. Scrapyard Dog looks pretty good. <laughs> I don't know. There's there's some there's some good stuff out there. Anyway, we'll include uh, a link to that cover so you can go see that majesty for yourself. Uh, let's see. Up next, we are going to thank our delightful patrons. They uh, give us a little bit of money every month so we can like I don't know use software and record things. It's great. Uh, we have a one, three, seven, and ten dollar level. You can go to patreon.com slash bite me podcast and become a Patreon yourself. I ordered magnets yesterday or day before, so I have How? stickers. You've got them, right? What? The magnets? I have I do not have them yet. I will have oh. them in about ten days. When you get them, would you let me know how they work? Yes, I will. Um I already have some. I mean, like I have I have Is it I, miracles? Uh, yeah, absolutely miracles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I have to, in order to send them to you, I have to dress up as a clown. Um, it's real weird, but it's just part of the process. So I'm going to have those in about 10 days. So I'll, uh, I'm going to get together a bunch of envelopes this week. And, uh, as soon as those magnets show up, I will ship them out to you. Um, last time I tried to ship magnets, the post office got very angry. So we'll, (laughs) I was just going to ask, like, can you just ship magnets? It seems like, I don't know. Didn't weren't you at the post office last time when I actually put the magnets in the mail and they're like, "Why are all these sticking together?" I'm like, "No reason." Um, <laughs> they were not pleased. <laughs> so That's this time funny. I might have to wrap them, like put some, I don't know, like cardstock around them or something to make them less magnety. Um, but anyway, that is on its way to our patrons: stickers, magnets, all that kind of good things. Uh, we're going to tell you their names: John Tippins, Sean Palmer. Austin Palmer, Alan Schulte, Joe Cole Jr. Those folks who are all at the $10 uh, producer level, which means that uh, they get their name read out on every single one of these podcasts. Thank you so much for and your support. And they're awesome. And they're awesome. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm not saying I'd say their names on our podcast just because they're awesome, because we, there's a lot of awesome listeners. So they're awesome and they pay for it. And maybe they pay for it because they're awesome. I don't know. Either way, thank you to all of our patrons. We appreciate it so much. Uh, Dylan? News. News. All right. First thing we're going to talk about is the first PlayStation 5 update has come out and it adds a bunch of things. Um, One of those things is the ability to plug a hard drive into your computer or into your PlayStation, which is very, very nice. The downside is you can't play any games off of it um, and you can't install games directly to it. But (laughs) it sounds like they made a USB port. 
you can put it there <laughs> and then download games i believe take games that are already on your hard drive and move them over to it mm. to store them um so it's and like then a I guess, storage unit yeah and then move them back when you actually want to play it the one you thing i could not couch find out in there yeah wow yeah, exactly. It's like I've got and then too much stuff. And when you stuff. need it, you can move it back to your house. Yeah, or like holiday decorations. Like I don't need my Christmas yeah. lights; they're all year. Um, the one thing I could not find out, and I'm going to make the assumption that it is true, is because I know it is true on the Xbox. The Xbox allows you to play Xbox One games off of your external hard drive, um, even though you cannot play Xbox One uh, Series X games off of your external hard drive. So. Hmm. My assumption is is with your PS5, I mean, this is an assumption considering it's Sony, um, that you can play your PlayStation 4 games that are backwards compatible off that external hard drive, all, but not PlayStation 5 games off of it. Um, I've also heard that it is rather particular on the specs of that drive, so you can't just assume that the hard drive you have um, already can be plugged into it. So if, you, if you're looking to plug a hard drive into your PlayStation 5, do a little bit of research and find out exactly what the specs are because you don't want to go out and just buy a hard drive on sale at Best Buy and assume it'll work um, when it may not. Um, the other thing that they can do now, this is actually really cool. This is a thing that I really wish Xbox would uh, do. Um, it's kind of like Steam. You know how Steam has that like play together thing where you can... Um, play a game with a friend online and it streams it to them. It's like that. It's called SharePlay and it lets PS4 and PS5 players uh, play together now. So that means that a PS5 user can let their PS4 console view their game on their screen. So I'm a PS5 user. I can stream a game and, and a friend of mine on the PS4 can watch me play. And then while they're watching me play, uh, they can actually hand off that game to me and it streams from their PS5 console to me on my PS4 console and I can play it. it or you can actually play it um, the other way too. A PS4 user could stream to a PS5 user. But it also uh, lets you pass a second virtual controller and play those games in co-op. So it's a really cool system that I, I hope Xbox sees and, and adds because I think that is kind of a, a cool system. Um, apparently also... Game updates can now be pre-downloaded automatically in the background, assuming the developers enable the feature. And I don't know exactly what that means. I guess I don't. I don't know what pre-downloaded means. Like, like, do updates have a street date on the PS5? That seems really weird to me. You'd think that they would just release it and it would work, but whatever. When I guess the that's update is ready. You update your game. I guess I don't. I don't exactly understand. I haven't had. I haven't turned on a PlayStation for probably a year. So what they do is becoming more and more weird to me. But but whatever. I think this update might have also been the one that allowed you to add a second um, M2 drive, but I didn't write that down. So maybe maybe not. Um, I didn't write this down either, but I want to talk about uh, Indie World, uh, Nintendo Indie World, which is their like kind of ID at Xbox type label. Did a presentation today, announced a bunch of games. And I'm only going to talk about two of them because I haven't really watched the presentation. One is uh, Oxenfree 2 was announced, and Oxenfree, the first game, is maybe. I'm not going to say it's my favorite game of all time, but it's in my top three. Like, I love Oxenfree. It's it's easily one of the best games I've ever played. If you've not played Oxenfree, you really should. They announced a sequel to it coming out this fall. I'm very, very excited about that. The other game, I have you guys seen Kiwi? It's called, I think it's called Kiwi Game, actually. Are, are you guys familiar with that at all? Nope. It's a, 
game where so i think it's called kiwi and you play as like kiwis the birds not the fruit um who run a post office and it's like maybe the cutest thing i've ever seen in the entire world um you you can play as jeff and deborah the kiwis and they are just just adorable it's coming out summer of this year and i'm very very excited about uh the kiwi game so that's that's two games that were kind of the kiwi game had already been announced but uh Oxen Free 2 was actually an announcement at that uh, the uh, Indie World uh, Nintendo stream. So looking forward to both of those, too. Uh, next up, we are going to talk about Vermintide. Dylan, you still playing some Vermintide? I mean, obviously not, because we made you tell us what Phalanx was. <laughs> but <laughs> Yeah, that is the last game I did play. I'm still actively playing it, just not, just not talking not about it. a lot recently. The so sun's maybe, been out. It's, that's my excuse. So, and so you had to have your guns out. Well, yeah, but yeah, it's it's a great time to do stuff outside because it's not hot yet, and it's not raining. Right, it's, it's not raining cold. and it's not hot yet. So. It happens for like what three weeks in Seattle, roughly, maybe yeah, four, maybe. Yeah, um, although I think it's supposed to be like seventy tomorrow, so I don't know. It's supposed to um, be almost eighty this weekend. No, that sounds terrible. Um, it also makes me realize that I need to get my air conditioners fixed. Um. So Vermintide 2 is adding a uh, an update called Chaos Wastes, and it's going to add kind of a roguelite-inspired game mode, um, which has it'll have 50 new locations, and each location will be laid out differently in every run. So this is like a, tr- a true like roguelite. You push through those 15 locations um, in an attempt to reach the Citadel of Eternity. And I don't know what that is, Dylan. Do you know what the Citadel of Eternity is? You know, you know some like Warhammer. I'm lore. guessing it is. It's the spire in Slay the Spire. It's just I, I assume it's just like the goal the place. of the game. Yeah. It's a plot important location that yeah. actually doesn't matter. It sounds like a lot of a fun. Um they're saying that it's going to be like they really recommend co op play because it's difficult and there's gonna be a lot of like strategy between the different class types. So if you like Vermintide two and you like roguelites, then you may like the new Chaos Wait update. Uh Chaos Waste update. I believe you know, I was going to say it's free, but I'm not sure if it, it is or It not. is free. It is yeah. free. So there you go. If yeah. you like Vermintide 2. And Vermintide 2 has been free a lot of times in a lot of different places. Like I think it's it was been on Game, Game Pass a couple free. times. It's yeah. been in Humble Bundle at one point, and it's often on sale. It might still be for like $7.50 on Steam. Yeah, so check that out. Um, Vermintide 2 is good. It's just hard. So I did. I swear I saw it said a free update. Nice. That's awesome. Uh... Um, I mean, it's cheap. It's been out long enough, and it's cheap enough that even if it's not free, you can yeah. probably pick it up for a deal. It's a free so. update. Awesome, yeah. fantastic. Uh, Ubisoft is closing down a bunch of online servers for ten games, and like this is this is a bummer just because I hate it when things get shut down. These games are all like ten years old. I'll tell you what they are. So They're Rainbow so Six Vegas, <laughs> Rainbow Six Vegas Two, Rainbow Six Lockdown, Ghost Recon, Future Soldier, Assassin's Creed Two, Prince of Persia, Forgotten Sands, Far Cry Two. Anno 1404, Might and Magic Clash of Heroes, Splinter Cell Conviction, The Settler 7, and Might and Magic 10 Legacy. Now, those are all kind of old games, but the downside of this is, is that first of all, if you play any of those multiplayer, you will no longer be able to play the multiplayer. The single player will still work, but you will not be able to play multiplayer. But apparently, any in-game rewards, redeemed items, achievements, and Ubisoft's proprietary currency will also be disabled, even if you've already redeemed those items or unlocked them in-game. So if you have, uh, like, online facing achievements or items that you've redeemed like for instance i assume what this means is like 
in Far Cry 5, they had like these weird achievements where you could get like Ubisoft bucks and go out to their website and get fancy guns. Um, and so like I have fancy guns in Far Cry 5 that are not part of the game. They were only available as part of this online kind of interaction. My assumption is, is those things would no longer be available to me, um, even though I've already redeemed it, which is kind of a bummer. Um, I don't know. I'm kind of a big proponent that if a if a company like Ubisoft is going to turn off these servers, they should be... I don't know, forced is the right word, but that they should release that server software out as something maybe open source so that someone else could set up a Ubisoft server. You know, if, if there was enough people that wanted to play Assassin's Creed 2 online, they release that server code, you know, out into the world. Someone, you know, throws up a server on Amazon and all of a sudden people can play um, Assassin's Creed 2 again. It seems to me that that's like part of being a good member of a gaming community. Is that, does that make sense to you guys or does this just not matter because they're old? I think, I mean, I think that's a cool idea. I I would just be surprised, honestly, if any of these games had anyone actually playing them. I don't know. It always surprises but. me. Like, so back in 2001, I was underemployed um and me and my wife and my friend mitch spent and colby too actually i think um mm. spent a large amount of time playing a game called toontown online and it was this kind of not very good disney like attempt at an mmo but it was supposed to be real kid friendly so like you couldn't chat with each other you could only chat via like emoticons and it was this weird like I had a kind of strange, like, anti-capitalist, like, you were trying to take down these, like, corporations that were infesting Toontown um, kind of deal. And I had forgotten about it for years, but, like, enough people were interested in this weird old game that's far older than these games that you can actually go play it again. Like, someone, like, reversed engineered the server code and the client, and you can go play Toontown again. So I'm always kind of surprised at the lengths people go to to play the games that they are interested in it. And I'm sure that it's, yeah, you're probably right. Not that many people are playing Assassin's Creed 2 online. It's probably a couple hundred people. But every once in a while, you figure out a way to get those, like, couple hundred people interested in something, that they, they do something like that. I mean, I guess to me, too, like, there's no reason that they couldn't monetize that. You know, you want to play Assassin's Creed 2 online, that server's five bucks a month. Um, you know, we can't, the code can't be proprietary, but you could charge you to access to use it. So I don't know. It just seems to me that we're going to lose access to a lot of games if, if companies don't figure out a way to do uh, this kind of stuff and have already lost access to probably a bunch of games from 2000 to 2000, you know, 10 or 15 that just the online part of them will never work again. It's kind of a bummer. Uh, so Outriders, I talked about that a little bit earlier and how it's, it's a little bit broken and people have been a little bit mad about that. Um, they actually had to turn off crossplay for a while because it was crashing servers. Um, like the first patch, uh, apparently before the first patch, like there were people that were losing like dozens of hours of not playtime, but inventory where their inventory would just blank out. Um, people are a little pissed about that. I think some people actually did lose 10 or 20 hours worth of actual game time, which is a bit of a bummer. It's, it hasn't been a great launch, but I mean, does anything launch great anymore? It's just kind of a, you know, whatever. But one of the weird, uh, 
like side effects of that is that the PC version of it is writing these huge crash files to people's hard drives. And so people are looking up and going like, why don't I have any C drive space anymore? And it's because they've found like 20 or 30 gigs of crash reports, uh, like super deep in their hard drive. So if that happened to you, you need to go to your users and then your username slash app data slash local slash madness. Like, I love that it's slash madness slash saved. And that's uh, where you'll find a bunch of log files for this game. You can just delete them. You'll be good to go again. Um, I don't know. It, Outriders seems like it could be really cool. But, man, they've had a they've had a rough launch for a not service game. I will also say, like, it's a real bummer not to be able to pause a single player game. And I know that it's it's not it's, you know, an online game. And so you have to have other people to play with. But. I was playing it the other day and I'm like, I got to eat dinner. <laughs> I'm like in the middle of a mission. There's just no pause. I can't, you know, and I know I, that the I, same thing would happen with destiny, but I was actually uh, listening to a podcast where they were talking about that. And they said that what it feels like to them is that originally this was going to be a games as a service yep, game. Absolutely. And when they saw kind of that, you know, like Anthem failed and games as service games have not been going yep. the way that people would like it, they quickly reversed that. Yep. Which is maybe why, like, the tutorial that's two hours long is not necessarily oh, that could be. how the game feels. Though I also heard people talking about that that might be to get around Steam's... Um, return policy yeah that's uh i read that too i never really thought about that yeah it's it so steam's return policy kind of came into spotlight this um week there's a a new game out come out and i wish i could remember the name of it um but it uses a really interesting mechanic where when you it, it uses your webcam to detect when you blink and when you blink things happen in the game like the game can Squish forward and and like all sorts of things can happen when you blink, both good and bad. Um, and so, just like, like my life, just like your life, it's uh, it's a really interesting mechanic. But the game probably on purpose is only like an hour and a half long, um, because like how long can you you know control your blinking to play a game? Right. And uh, they've had they've just been like slammed by a ton of reviews that are saying like this game's amazing nine out of ten like the mechanics so cool really like it and then it'll say on their profile but they returned it um right because they beat it and returned it because they beat it and they beat it in less than two hours yeah and the developers are kind of like well this this really sucks like we made a game that you love and instead of saying hey you know that hour and a half was worth the you know five or ten dollars i paid for it I'm going to return that game because I, you know, I mean, it's like, it's like buying a a shirt and wearing it to your, you know, whatever event and then returning it. Like, it's just kind of, it's just kind of terrible that, that people would do that. And so that actually made a, uh, I don't know if he was a game dev or like, I saw it when um, Rami uh, Ismail, Ismail, the guy who made Nuclear Throne retweeted it, but he made the supposition that, there are probably a lot of games and not necessarily outriders because they, they, there's a lot of people that said like, you know, there's a demo for that game. There's a lot of reasons that maybe this isn't one, but that, that the intro to video games before you get into kind of the open world is over two hours might be because you are pulling people past the point where they can refund it. Like you, you get them into the main game before they find out they do or don't like it. And, when I think about games 
lately. I mean, that's that's kind of how the intro to um, Phoenix Rising was. Like, there was a pretty big intro to that game before you got into the open world. Um, you know, that's a... It, it was more an interesting commentary on how... Anytime a place like Steam has a system, people will figure out a way to game it. Um, right. And you see that across anything like Kindle Unlimited, which is Amazon's like self-publishing subscription service. So I, I pay like 10 bucks a month and can read an unlimited number of books that are, are self-published on Amazon. It's great. I, you know, my wife and I read probably 15 to 30 books a month that uh, between the two of us that are, are self-published on Amazon. And, uh, for the longest time, the way that worked was the the user the the people got paid by the page, and so all of a sudden, like books went and got super long because <laughs> you got paid by the page, and so the longer you could make your book, um, you know, the the better off you were. And then they changed it to be like you know that you know when they read so many pages, then finished it, so you know books like shrunk in size a little bit down to a really more manageable like. 200 and 250 pages and it's just interesting to see how those kind of policies can impact uh you know how a game's made dylan's cat gus is on his desk like just purring around and i just got like the most close-up shot of dylan's cat's butt that you could even imagine like it was it's a really cute butt though it's it really was fluffy. it was huge and very fluffy so it's good anyway that's yeah, it just like just like colby's the, just laying on the keyboard with his tail <laughs> every once in a while his tail just pops up it's great anyway that's uh that's enough about that i guess but i don't know don't don't abuse video game return systems that's just people never cease to amaze me at how awful they can be right i, I mean it's just lousy and i mean my guess like, would be i get it it's fair within the rules that steam has set up but it really goes against the spirit of like i don't know it, it's, it's got it's, it's got real like i went out to dinner and i ate all but one bite of my steak and then wanted a refund because yeah you ate it and you realized good. it was bad at the end yeah and then you're like well can i have my money back uh, my guess that. would be that a developer would rather you pirate a game than do that because I would guess there's like fees and stuff associated with that game getting purchased and returned, you know? I don't know. Yeah, pro- yeah, there ha- I mean somewhere in there. I mean somebody's eating it whether it's Valve or right, so, the developer. Yeah, something is lost somewhere. I don't know. It's just or, it's just yeah. it's not good form. Don't do that. Uh final final update of today is actually uh, about another game publisher losing money epic games has spent um roughly 700 million dollars in 2020 giving away those games that we talk about every week for free and buying the exclusive rights to games on uh the epic store so for instance they paid almost 11 million dollars to uh 505 games to have control be an exclusive game uh on the epic store for a year and so you're seeing a lot of those those epic you know those epic exclusives for a year um and the free games are giving away so 700 million dollars and apparently they uh have only and there's a lot of minimum guarantees so on and so forth they've only made back about 300 million 330 million dollars of that money so theoretically epic lost almost 450 million dollars in exclusive exclusivity deals last year which is 
a lot of damn money to. I mean, it's not. Yeah, Colby's shaking his head. Their valuation right now is like sixty billion dollars. Yeah. Um, but like, asking me how much money Uber has made in its entire. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, like, and profit and loss in like corporations is is made up essentially. Um, if anyone ever tells you that we should run our country like a business, like that's a terrible idea. I guarantee you. Um, but uh, it's interesting to see a company spend that kind of money. And I guess, I guess, when you really think about it, really what that is is they have a seven hundred million dollar marketing budget to give away video games. I mean, to buy exclusivity. But man, that is a ton of money for a company that like. I, more, what's interesting about that is that's a ton of money for a company that. Four years ago, didn't have seven hundred million dollars to market with. That is literally a hundred percent Fortnite money. That that is Fortnite how cosmetic money. Uh-huh. <laughs> companies are run nowadays. I mean, oh like, yeah. Ask ask me how much money you know Netflix makes, and it's yep. in the negatives. Yeah, they're like twenty billion dollars in debt. Yep. Well, um, I mean, Spotify loses a million dollars every day, every day. Yeah. 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 Um, they are, you know, they can afford to do it because the hope is eventually with enough, you know, money that they'll be profitable and they'll yeah. be, have such a stranglehold that they'll essentially be steam and then it won't well, matter. I mean, essentially they're Amazon. Amazon lost money yep. year after year after year after year after year and then stopped. And now they yep. make more money than God, I believe yep. is, uh, is the amount of money they make. So yeah, it's, it's an interesting work is still in business. <laughs> I highly, highly, highly suggest you listen to the Behind the Bastards episodes on WeWork and you will learn so many things about the way business works and how business does not work. It's it's absolutely incredible. So um yeah, I just thought that was a, that's a it's an interesting amount of money to spend on giving away free stuff. That so I would be very interested to learn how much Microsoft does with their game pass games i would the love to know the difference is though is that microsoft makes money like yeah. they're making 15 dollars or 10 dollars a month from those yep. people who are doing that so yep. it's not a pure loss yeah um, so they have uh let's see it's I, I think we've we've kind of played this game before but microsoft has i think 17 million uh, game Pass subscribers, and and those Game Pass subscribers pay somewhere between one and fifteen dollars a month, depending on what kind of level of that you are. The one dollar is like a, a free trial um, for a month, and then they've got your regular ten dollar, and then your fifteen dollar. But even if you only figure that out times you know the ten dollar price, that's one hundred seventy million dollars a month, and just just over $2 billion in Game Pass money a year. So you can yeah. support a lot of developers at $2 billion a year. That's um, yeah. a lot of money. And I mean, obviously, some of that money goes to supporting their kind of network infrastructure, too, because that's like an alternative to games with gold. But, uh, yeah, it's it's they kind of... I don't want to say that... One of my biggest complaints about video game journalism and um, I, I don't have many, is that... Uh, here's close to Gamergate screed. Yeah, it's, it's not, it has nothing to do with ethics in journalism. <laughs> it has to do with... Like, every week we do a podcast, right? And every week there is 
some amount of news. And sometimes there is a lot of news and sometimes there is not a lot of news. And that's true for, for video game journalists as well. And so it seems like when they turn to not a lot of news, what they do is they just report on rumors as if they were news. Um, and that's kind of how it went with with uh, Sony, I think, last week, where there was this big push that, like, Sony is going to bring out a competitor to Game Pass. And that was entirely based on a guy who used to work at PlayStation in, like, 2014. He's a big He's a big player in the industry as a whole, um, but hasn't worked for Sony for like five or six years, as I recall, um, saying that, yeah, there's there's some stuff in the works. Don't you worry. And I'm like, well, that's not that's not news. That's not saying that they have a Game Pass competitor. I mean, I think anyone who understands video games probably thinks that Sony has some sort of Game Pass competitor in the works. But like, that's not that's not news. So whatever. Anyway, we're going to do questions now, Dylan. Hey, yo, Vinny. What's your question this week? Or Gus. We could get Gus to ask. That'd be fine. Yeah, he's just... Meow, meow. Meow, 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 meow. He's trying to hijack this podcast. <laughs> he can hijack my podcast any day. That came out, like, sexier than I meant it to, but it's all right. Vinny wants to know what... Hijack it good. <laughs> what's been some of your favorite gaming memories since the quarantine started? Do you have quarantine video game memories? No. <laughs> like, I'm trying to think. I don't think. I mean, like, it's been pretty just kind of normal for me. So, I, I don't think my gaming habits changed a whole lot, really. Mine for sure did, like, spring and summer of last year. And it was less, I mean, like, I won't say it's not quarantine related because it was, um, like I lost my job last May. Um, and so that meant that I just had kind of like more spare time. It was kind of nice. Like I'd get up like, because for me, like one of the hardest parts about being employed or unemployed is like maintaining a schedule that is in any way sane. Like it's so easy to like slip off the rails and all of a sudden, like you're staying up until four o'clock in the morning every night and then, you know, sleeping in until noon. And that's the worst part about that is eventually you will get a job and they'll be like, okay, well we'll see you at seven 30 on Monday. And then I have to like readjust my sleep schedule over a weekend. And I've done that and it is not pretty. So I, I make like a real effort to to maintain kind of a normal sleep schedule when I'm unemployed. And uh, so I'd wake up at like seven and then like play video games for an hour and a half or two hours. And then like at about nine, I'd eat breakfast and then like go look for a job for another four or five hours. And that was really nice. I got through some games that I do not think I would have played otherwise. Um, like I don't think I ever would have played all the way through Final Fantasy 15. I would not have played all the way through Kingdom Hearts 3, and I played through both of those, I think, 100% because of the quarantine. And they were the kind of games that I wanted to play during the quarantine. They were, like, super long and super kind of grindy, and it was just nice to, like, get into a game world and not think about how I was unemployed and the world was falling apart at the same time. So that, that was kind of, that kind, of, kind of the answer for me. But you guys have just been playing games. Yeah, and I think that's kind of, like, my gaming habits didn't really change, but, like, I think I've kind of, I've played more games, and I think that's given me, like, kind of insight into what type of, what type of games I enjoy more than others, Uh, because I've tried different games. Um, I haven't bought, like, a, you know, $60 game in quite some time. Yeah. 
And I don't know why, but I think like it's just kind of like I'm like, oh, oh, I kind of like this, you know. Yeah. But I think like, too, actual things, I haven't, I haven't, you know, nothing like has really changed my gaming. Yeah, I think too. Like I would guess that everyone's gaming has changed a little bit, even if they don't realize it, just because so many games have been delayed. Um, yeah. Like there are a lot of games that you probably would have played without the quarantine because they'd be out already. Um, and you may not even really be thinking about it. like I would have already played Far Cry Six, you know, um, without the quarantine. Maybe I don't know who yeah. knows. Um, so I think yeah, that's it. Um, Colby, would you like to ask this next question since it is yours? What's favorite sandwich? So first of all, are hot dogs a sandwich? Sure. Yes. Are tacos a sandwich? Sure. Okay. Probably technically. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't care. So whatever. Yeah, I I just think that that's a an important question to ask. Um, are Do you? Yeah, are beavers a fish? No, no. No matter what the Catholic Church says, <laughs> nor are bats birds. So is is that a take? Yeah. So it, so the, my kid in school like two weeks ago, he has this like humanities class, and part of what they are doing is like teaching. Uh, essentially how to debate things like, you know, the, the structure of debate and how it works and, and, you know, so on and so forth. And so they were asking for like contentious takes that they could, they could debate. And I'm like, ask him if, if beavers are fish. And the reason that they are is in like the 1300s, I want to say, um, you know, the Catholic church, like theoretically you do not eat meat on Fridays, right? Which is why right. the McFish exists and why it's always on sale on Fridays. Um, but they, you know, like people were getting a little bored with fish. And so they're like, well, beavers swim. They spend most of their time underwater. They're practically a fish. And so I don't know which pope it was, but one of the popes, and I think the 1300s said, yeah, beavers, fish, go ahead and eat it. <laughs> so, yes, beavers are fish, at least That's to some people in olden super times. Weird. It's super weird. I love it. On um, Fridays. They're fish on Fridays. <laughs> fish on Fridays. Any <laughs> other day of the week, they're not. They're still fish, but no one wants to eat Can, one unless it's Friday. Was eating fish one day a week that bad that you had to, <laughs> I to, mean, to change the anatomy of a beaver? I don't like fish very much. I don't know if I like well, beaver more, yeah, but <laughs> I don't know. I, I thought it was enjoyable. Um, favorite sandwich? Probably... Man, I like sandwiches a lot, I guess, first of all, I will say. Um, there is a, a I'm going to say restaurant loosely, a place where you buy food can call, well, it's, I mean, it's Gandolfo's. So, like, it's not a restaurant, okay. but it's not exactly <laughs> fast food. Um, it's, a, it's a sandwich shop, I guess, in Utah called Gandolfo's. And their sandwiches are magic. They're just absolutely delicious. Um, I particularly like, I think it was called the Upstate, and it was a breakfast sandwich that was served on a Kaiser roll, and it had two fried eggs and cheese and sausage. And when I first started, when I worked at my first tech job in like 1999, um, there was a Gandolfo's in the basement of the building I worked in, which was amazing. Um, And you could get an Upstate for like, two bucks with tax i think i think they were like a buck 90 uh and like coming up with two bucks was real easy and they were delicious so i that's that's probably my favorite sandwich but like i mean i also really like jimmy john's so <laughs> you know um they're horrible company absolutely you. horrible company but their food's pretty good anyway what's your favorite sandwich call you asked the question um i don't like i like all sandwiches I'm in the same, right. you know, like a good grilled cheese. It's always good. Oh. Um, 
grilled cheese. Grilled cheese sandwiches for just being bread and cheese. Like, yeah, I yeah. eat grilled cheese way too often, like an unhealthy amount of too often. It's not yeah. good. And uh, but like I really like there's a club sandwich from uh, Village Baker. That's oh, this is me. good. That's really good. But uh, I just like sandwiches. Have you ever gotten the grilled cheese from Village Baker? No. It's a three cheese grilled cheese, and it's amazing. You dip it in their broccoli cheese soup. It is incredible. Nice. Um, it, also, you should always consider taking a grilled cheese and adding uh, mozzarella sticks to it. It will kill you, but it is delicious. Dylan, favorite sandwich? I do like breakfast sandwiches. Yeah. I had some leftover Easter ham, and oh. I made up a. I fried it up a little bit, and then made a fried egg, and had some English muffins. That sounds good. So that was pretty solid. Grilled I, cheese is up there, but if I had to pick one, it might be like a French dip. Oh, some sort of a good French. Some dip sort is of good. Yeah, some sort of just bread, sliced beef cheese and then dipped in an au jus. Yeah. So that's good. I like a, I like a good Philly cheesesteak too. Yeah. On my honeymoon, um, we stayed in San Jose. I want to say is that uh, where the the Winchester mansion is? Yeah, I think it's that area. Yeah. Um and we were just going kind of like, you know, hey, well, we can get about this far on uh you know like a given day kind of seeing stuff and so we you know didn't like uh, reserve hotels it was just like okay we'll get here find a hotel in that area call them get it you know kind of thing it was san jose um so we get a hotel room in san jose and we get there after dark and like i have to get gas like i'm running on empty and so i pull up to this gas station that's like it says that it's like you know when i pull into the gas station it's like you are at your destination i'm like i'm at a gas station is the (laughs) hotel the gas station and uh real sketchy area (laughs) like it was one of those things that like i got out to pump the gas i'm like just lock the doors behind me um (laughs) and our hotel is in this area so like we go around and we find the hotel and uh uh, like just dark parking lot sketchy as hell we go in we get our room key we go find our room and like the outside is you know it's like one of those like this door must remain uh locked at all times it's like <laughs> broken open i'm like this is sketchy and then we get in and we open the room and it's like this super nice fancy room <laughs> and i'm like well, this is weird. And I'm like, I, I don't really know anything around here. It's kind of late. Where should we eat? And we asked the guy at the thing. He's like, oh, the place across the street's really good. And it's a sports bar. And I'm like, okay, I guess. Uh, and we walk in. And like to say it's a sports bar would imply that there was TVs in there. <laughs> um, it was the most old person restaurant I have ever seen in my life. Was it named um, after like, a uh, precious stone? <laughs> I don't know. It was like, it was this like, just real chill, like kind of dark. And everyone there was over the age of 60. (laughs) Um, And I'm like, okay, well, I don't like sports. So this is my favorite sports bar. And they had a uh, uh, French dip that I still, I think, dream about to this day. It was the best French dip I have ever had. (laughs) 
There's actually, like, strangely enough, I have a similar French dip story, um, except mine was a vegetarian French dip, and it was at a hotel in downtown Seattle that I went to on a business trip. Um, there's a, a hotel chain out here called the Silver Cloud, Silver Cloud Inn, Silver Cloud, I don't know, and uh, it was, uh, like, made with, like, CTAM, and it was absolutely incredible, and they don't make it anymore, and I'm so disappointed now that I live here. Uh, it was absolutely amazing. I talked about it for years, so, <laughs> I don't know, good Good stuff. In case you're wondering, the lead up to that hotel story was also the lead up to another hotel Colby and I stayed at in in Arizona. Except when we opened the door, it was not nice inside. No, it was not it nice was inside. Not nice you inside. could see through the walls. There were plants growing through the walls. Um, someone I was planned a murder outside Colby's window. Um, yeah, that was fun. It was not not good. That's the only time I've wedged a, a chair under my door. Yeah. 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 Strangely enough, that is the second worst hotel I've ever stayed at in. The first one was in Minneapolis, covered in blood. Anyway. <laughs> literally. <laughs> literally. Like, I'm not even kidding. I don't think someone was murdered in it, but someone may have performed a back alley abortion in it. Um, like that. And it did not go well. Did not go well at all. So, anyway. Um, more of the stories. He's not joking. Yeah. No. I was there. <laughs> like, not, this isn't hyperbole. <laughs> this is. <laughs> more of the stories is you may not want to go to hotels with Colby and I. Because um, I have like three or four other stories about other hotels. Um Anyway, just check your stars before you stay there. All right, uh, next question. <laughs> now that we've talked about hotels and sandwiches for a half hour, uh, our deacon wants to know, have you ever gotten into a game that you were like, oh, wow, I need to scale this back. I am playing way too much. No, that's quitter talk. <laughs> uh, I, the only game that I've ever gotten that way with is World of Warcraft. And it... Uh, yeah, quitter talk. Yeah, I did. I stopped playing it because I'm like... I can't, I can't play this game in a healthy way. I would like play at lunch and I've, I think I've told the story before, but you know, I'd play, I'm like, I'm just going to do one quest and I'd get that quest and I'm like, I'd return it. They're like, Hey, could you just go run this bread over to someone for me? I'm like, sure, I can do that. And they're like, Hey, I just need you now that you've done that. Can you take this back to that person you got? It? I'm like, sure I can. And then I look up and realize that I've been playing video games for two hours and I was only supposed to take an hour lunch. Um, and I, I realized very quickly that if I didn't stop playing WoW, I was going to get fired from my job. So, um, WoW. Yeah. More time to play WoW. More time to play WoW. I don't know if I would have been able to afford the game, but sure. Yeah, it was not... WoW was not a It would have been from D-Media. You'd be fine. No, it was from... Uh, it was when I worked at a place called Rock Solid Internet. Oh, so. right. D-Media was when we were playing... Uh, mm. uh, Star Wars. Yeah, actually, now that I say that, it was actually when I worked for... So, I it was actually... Uh, when I worked for Cirque, um, when it was based out mm -hmm. of uh, Seattle, so I was the only remote employee in Salt Lake. Yeah, so it was not it was not great. Uh, have you have you? So you're you have never played a game too much, Cole. You're not a quitter. Oh no, I have. Yeah, but, but you you I'm view it as a positive. That back. Okay, yeah. good enough, good enough. How about you, Dylan? You have uh, any any addictive games? I think the closest thing is Civilization. Yeah, I was gonna, <laughs> I've also had an unhealthy relationship with Civ yeah. Five. I think that's that's got to be the easiest game to just not stop playing until you, you literally hit turn 500 or whatever. Yeah. Um, because it, I, it has an unnecessary amount of little, like, achievements. Yep. Like, oh, one more turn, this tech tree is done. And then when yep. you hit that one, it's like, oh, two more and that one's done. Yep. And then there's never a good point where you just stop. Yeah. So I, before I started the job that I used to work at with Dylan, um, I came out on a business trip to, uh, 
to go to a meeting or something, and I stayed up until 3 a.m. one night playing Civ Five, and then like was exhausted the next day because I had to wake up at like seven um, or six thirty, and like came back to the hotel that night and just went like, I'm not going to make that mistake again. But like, I could play for like an hour or two. That'd be fine, and stayed <laughs> up until 2 a.m. the next night. So. See, you've learned. Uh, yeah, absolutely learned. It was not it's not good. Uh, next question from Joe Coleslaw wants to know, sometimes you must start anew. If you're unhappy, take a few step backs, evaluate where you are, and look to both where you can be and where you should be. With the events of the last year and some change, what all has changed for you personally, professionally, and within gaming? What would you like to see in the future? I think we answered the gaming part. Uh, if you guys had uh, like big you know, quarantine, coronavirus-related personal changes at all? Colby hasn't pretty, died yet. That's good. Pretty sure I realized I don't like people more than I, yeah. you know, thought. So yeah. Um, no, I'm looking inwards for cowards. <laughs> much like saying that video games are you're playing it too much. Yeah. yeah. I uh, until you play for twenty five hours a day, you're not playing too much. It, until you are dead in a Korean like um, cafe, you're not. not you're not playing enough, too much. Yeah. Um. Why do you think they're so good at StarCraft? Because they're just playing it kind of? Kind of, no. yeah, I know. I, uh, I mean, obviously I lost my job because of the quarantine. Or at least that's what they told me. They're, they're like, Cliff, it has nothing to do with performance. It only has to do with quarantine. I'm like, well, that makes me feel better. Is that true? And then they didn't say anything. So I, I <laughs> We'll get back to you on that one, Chief. <laughs> he, he seemed really remorseful when he let me go. So, uh... We'll, we'll see. He's also a professional actor. <laughs> Was a professional actor. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Um, anyway, it. Uh, I mean, that obviously was a big life change for me, and it continues to be so. Um, it's. Uh, <laughs> I don't think I ever. <laughs> someone asked me the other day, they're like, how, "How are you? How are you settling in?" Like, I've I've worked for my company like full time for about. I don't know, four or five months now, and they're. They're like, uh, you know, like, how, how are you settling in and stuff? I'm like, well, you know, it's it's different. Like, I don't think I really ever really appreciated my old job where I could, like, roll in at 8.30 and then, like, you know, someone would hang out in my office for an hour and bullshit and then I'd leave at 4.45 and go home because, I, you know, that's just not how this job works, unfortunately. So, you know, it's, it's all right. Um, I mean, I think the future for me is... Uh, like I'm vaccinated now, which is awesome. Like the microbots kick in full in like three days. So I can theoretically go outside again. I only got the Johnson and Johnson one though. So like I can still get it. I just probably won't die, which I guess is good enough. Right. Um, but like my kid doesn't have it. So it doesn't really change my life a ton. Like I'm not going to go out to dinner without him. That seems kind of lousy. And yes, you are. That's good. Yeah. And I'm, Hey, sorry. Yeah. It's too bad. You should have been 16. You could have had one. Um, and like, I don't really, I don't really buy into the like, ah, kids don't really get it stuff because like kids do get it and they do die. And I don't know if like going out for Mexican food is enough to maybe chance killing my kid. Um, <laughs> I mean, I kind of like him. It was real good. I mean, it could be real good, but so like, I don't, I don't see that, but I mean, I think it, <laughs> I think that, you know, like six months from now. I would kill Carter for Morelia. That is oh, Man, Morelia is super good. It is really good. But there's not one here, so. Um, <laughs> it's, not, it's not even open. It's all takeout. But I'd just kill him <laughs> for it. And like, It's uh, it's one of those things that I do look forward to, like, just being able to, like, 
go out again to like go to a store would be kind of fun um, to not have to worry about like the douchebag who's not wearing a mask or, you know, wearing it's not covering his nose at all. I'm like, just like, I don't, I don't need the anxiety of that. So that'll be all right. But I am kind of worried that like getting back to normal will be weird. Like seeing people again will be weird. So I don't know. We'll see. I've got season tickets to uh, RSL. So we'll see. Oh yeah. Out. Nice. Don't die. You only got the Johnson and Johnson one too. Call <laughs> Yeah, they're limiting it, limiting it to ten thousand. That's open air. So I'm, man, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's good. I'm we, we were talking. My wife and I were talking about that the other day, and I miss going to Real games so much. Going to a Sounders game is just not the same. I really miss going to a Real game. So, ah, well. How about you, Dylan? What's uh, how's your life under quarantine? Um, I, I guess the, the best part is not spending time in traffic god yes right um because if you live in a high traffic area um and luckily my commute got better when i moved yeah um but it's still time you spend on the road and yeah. when you don't spend that time on the road um you can do so much more like and you're not exhausted when you get out of the car because i was even talking to my buddy about that the other day because he lives kind of out in the sticks and he commutes into like where he gets in the work truck and then he commutes like into Seattle to install glass in these big buildings and whatever. And it's like, by the time you're home and like, of course he wakes up at like four in the morning too and gets like, so it's like he leaves at four and then gets home at four kind of thing. Um, And you spend, I mean, I don't know, three hours or so in the, in the truck or whatever. And by the time you get out, it's like, that's the exhausting part of your day. It's not really the work itself that tires you out. Mm -hmm. It's that, just kind of stagnating in the car. I, I remember um, like back when I commuted, you know, I'd wake up and be in a great mood and ready to go and everything would be great. Yeah. And then I'd spend 45 minutes in the car and get to work and just be like, screw this. Like I'm done. Um, yeah. Like the best decision yeah. I made in my life was before like probably the last six months where I, when I worked with you is that I just started coming into work at like nine 30. Um, yeah. It, it makes sense. Cut 25 minutes off my commute. And I was just so much happier to get up and work two hours in the morning and then commute to work. It was, it was great. So, Wouldn't it be cool um, if you got paid for commuting time? That would be saying. fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. You did for a while, didn't you? Uh, kind of. Kind of, yeah. I, uh, when I was on the train, that was awesome, getting paid to play video games. Yeah. I, uh, I, I probably work a longer day now. Like I was, when I worked with Dylan, I probably did really work more like a seven and a half hour day most of the time. Um, you know, I didn't, they usually didn't take a full hour lunch, but you know, whatever. So, you know, you're working like seven and a half, eight hour days. And now I probably work like on average, probably about a nine hour day, maybe nine fifteen. Um, but honestly, it's probably like a net win when you cut out my commute. Like I probably actually am, mm-hmm. I probably actually am physically working less if you count your commute towards working time. So I don't know. We should all just work from home. It's great. Um, I'll ask about yeah, it. Yeah, you should see if you could just do that. You get a little robot call and you control it remotely. It's like a drone. It's like you're a drone operator in Afghanistan. Uh, final question. Princess Megan wants to know if you have video games down, Could if you could, hmm, if you could have video games downloaded directly into your brain, would you? How do you think it would affect your daily life, both positively and negatively? So install no. a game directly <laughs> into your brain. No? You're going to go with no. Yeah. No. I've seen what Elon Musk does to monkeys, and I don't trust Elon Musk enough to uh, implant anything in my brain. I barely trust him to get in one of his cars. 
Yeah. Um. Yeah. I think I'm. I think I'm good for now. <laughs> not having <laughs> brain games. <laughs> I. 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 I think I lack the self control it would take to not just be playing a video game during this podcast. <laughs> you like look over. I'm just kind of staring blankly in the space. You're like, "Hey, Cliff, the next segment mm-hmm. came up." I'm like, "Oh, oh yeah, pause." <laughs> um. And anyway, you know, I I don't I probably don't. I just be life. swearing at nothing. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure I'm ready for for video game brains yet. That'll, that'll be all right. Um, I did realize that I actually skipped a bit of news. Um somehow which is fine you guys didn't notice either news news. uh if you have a amazon echo you can now tell your amazon echo to download game pass games for you so you can you can ask her uh to what the latest game pass games are you can ask her what games are leaving game pass and she will tell you and if you have your uh xbox and your echo linked you can actually tell her to download games uh, which is kind of fun. So that's that's your little news catch up there. Uh, finally, cheap free games. Epic Game Store is giving away three games this month. I don't know or this week. I don't know why, but they are. Uh, Deponia: The Complete Journey. It uh, is a three. That's actually like they're actually kind of giving away like five games because Deponia: The Complete Journey actually includes three full games. Um, I don't know anything about them. I think they're kind of like point and clicky adventure type games, I believe. Um, they're also giving away the Pillars of Earth, set in 12th century England. At a time of poverty and war, a small town begins the construction of a cathedral to claim wealth and safety for its people in their struggle to survive, lo- survive lives and destinies intertwine. Apparently it's based on a book by Ken Follett, whoever he is. Uh, and then The First Tree is a beautiful third-person exploration game centered around two parallel stories, a fox trying to find her missing family and a son reconnecting with his estranged father in Alaska. It's, I don't know anything about it except that it's adorable. It has a little fox, which I think makes every game better. Um, also cheap this week is the Humble Bundle VR Bundle. My kid actually bought this. Um, you can, for a dollar, get a game called Detached. I don't know anything about that. For the average of 15, you can get Star Trek Bridge Crew Surgeon Simulator, which is apparently funny as all get out in VR. He actually beat that already. He bought it like three days ago, and he's already beat Surgeon Simulator. Swords of Graw, which is, I think, a kind of a hack and slashy role-playing sword fighting game and then aspire one assimilation update and then for the $15 or more you can get job simulator subtitle update which I job simulator makes no sense to me but he loves it um, and then because he doesn't have a yeah, job probably, and has never had a job not. it's supposed to be pretty fun uh, say Rento VR which looks kind of like maybe some sort of uh, it, they said it's best described as a VR cyber ninja simulator and then Borderlands 2 VR which he played and said was really bad so I don't know maybe uh, maybe that's not great but these are cool if you have a, a Oculus um, Rift you can just play those off your computer if you have a Oculus Quest or Quest 2, you can plug in and play those games off of your computer on your headsets. So none of those actually load onto your Quest, but you can play them all remotely, which is, or I'm sorry, with a with a USB cable, which is pretty cool. Actually, the there's a, a update coming out to the Quest 2, I think today, maybe this week anyway, that it uh, introduces uh, built-in streaming, so you can stream games from your PC to your Quest um, cable-free, which is pretty cool. So you have to have a, a good router and a good internet connection, but... That, that's kind of a, the next step in how that stuff works. So that's cool. Uh, finally, Troll Corner. Uh, Sony, again, because, you know, it's what Sony does. Uh, the first thing I will tell you is Sony this week did kind of announce that uh, 
uh, kind of a, a weird restructuring of how things are going. And it, it's not really a necessarily a troll corner negative thing, but it's more just indicative of how Sony is choosing to run their business right now, which I think is kind of interesting. Um, Ben Studios, which made Days Gone, apparently really wanted to do something new and cool because even though Days Gone wasn't maybe a massive financial hit, it did make money. Um, and instead, they've been kind of relegated to being like um, Naughty Dog North <laughs> to help with with some of that stuff. Um, they also have a a Sony has like almost like an industrial lights and magic type group within within them um, that really is what they do is like they finish games they they add the a lot of the like cool stuff to games um, in the end for their their first party studios and apparently they really wanted to do a remaster of I want to say Uncharted and kind of got into it and then so he's like nah we don't want you to do that you're actually just going to be a support team for for these other people now and. The, what kind of came out of this this report was not that Sony doesn't know what they're doing or, or Sony's doing anything bad necessarily, but that Sony is not interested in innovating right now. Sony is interested in taking the games that they have that are successful and making new versions of those games. Um, and and as someone who thinks that PlayStation games already feel very samey, this doesn't seem. It's not a it's not a strategy that I think will make me want to get a PlayStation in the future. I, do, I think the people that love PlayStations are going to be great with this because you're going to get more games like Uncharted. You're going to get more games like God of War. You're going to get more of those those games that have that kind of PlayStation feel to The Last of Us 2. Um, but what I kind of wonder about is like if what you're never going to get is Sony's never going to fund like a lot of things that come out of ID at Xbox. They're never going to spend a million dollars to, you know, I, I think that's kind of what you can do is you can spend... If you have $100 million, you can give it to one studio to make one game, or you could give it to 100 studios to make 100 games, um, and one of them could become the next Stardew Valley or become the next, you know, super small indie hit that becomes huge um, and interesting and unique and drives the genre forward. I think it's kind of a bummer that, that Sony isn't interested in playing in that genre. But like I said, more of just like kind of a, an interesting philosophy that Sony has, not necessarily Troll Corner. It's just I forgot to put in the rest of it. What do you guys think about that? Or do you think about that? I agree. Yeah, it's kind of a bummer. It's all right. <laughs> yeah, like it's okay. That, that's that's it. Yeah, I that's agree. Fine. Uh, do you have thoughts, Dylan, or do you just also not? I don't know. It's PlayStation, whatever. Unsurprising, I guess. Yeah, kind of. I don't know. Yeah. Like, it's a bummer. But whatever they do, what they I guess do. You, maybe you can't account for everything. Yeah. I guess that's all right. Probably just not important it's, to it's, them, and it's fine. They'll and do that, their thing, and I probably will never buy a PlayStation Five. And, and I just don't care. Yeah, so. it's it's not the end of the world for me. It's all right. Uh, the actual Sony entry into Troll Corner this week is uh, we talked. I think last week. I think Sony was in Troll Corner last week for shutting down the PlayStation Store. Actually, I think they were in the. I would think they were in Troll Corner two weeks ago for shutting down the PlayStation Store uh, for PS3 and Vita and PSP. And then last week they were in Troll Corner for shutting down the PlayStation Store without telling any of their developers. Um, this week they're in uh, the Troll Corner for apparently ahead of the store closures. There are already PS3 games that you are not able to download patches for, um, including Journey, Little Big Planet, Game of the Year Edition, and Castlevania Lords of Shadow. So these are games that you theoretically already own and this is kind of an unannounced I, I don't remember hearing the you know you would 
kind of the, the line was, if you already have these games downloaded, you'll be able to keep them. But they didn't mention that you'll never be able to patch them again. <laughs> um, and that patches already... So, I mean, in theory, if you download Journey right now, the version of Journey you will get is probably the base game, and you will not be able to patch it up to the most recent version of Journey, which kind of sucks. Sense. I mean, oh. I don't know. It's It's just a bummer. It's really... It's really a bummer um, that Sony is being kind of short-sighted about this. Um, so, you, so you might have people rushing out and going like, oh, what games do I want to try before they're gone? And then getting like a kind of crappy version yeah. or like a... Yeah, yeah so it's it's too bad. Um, have you seen the prices on... Uh, like you have a bunch of, uh, of uh, Vita games, Cole. You might want to look at some of the pricing on that if, if you ever need like a little, you know, nest egg because Vita games are going for outlandish prices already. Like the, huh, the, that's so weird. Yeah, right. I saw listings the other day for quite a few Vita games that were, I think, in the thousands of dollars. So I don't know. Yeah, it's apparently uh, a lot of old DS games are going for quite a bit of money now too. So yeah, DS games are sometimes stupid expensive. Yeah, it's just it seems like such a, a dumb thing that Sony doesn't have to do. I I really don't understand. It at all do we want to talk about like I, I haven't followed a lot Cole do you think that the the PlayStation 4 CMOS thing is something worth talking about or is that still too rumory to talk about I, I yeah I think it's like let it see what happens yeah if you're interested in that go look up like PlayStation 4 CMOS and that's CMOS and see uh, about that story I, th- it's been kind of it's interesting because I've seen it a lot around Twitter, but I have not seen any major like IGN yeah. kind of piece pick it up yet. And so I'm interested to see how that plays out. So it, it's an interesting story, though. And if it's true, it will absolutely land PlayStation in Troll Corner. It's it's bad. It's real bad. <laughs> but we'll see. That's foreshadowing, folks. All right. Uh, we are Bite Me Podcast. You can find out more about us at BiteMePodcast.com. Thanks to my friend Rich for making that a website that actually has updates on it. Uh, you can go to Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram.com slash BiteMePodcast and follow us there. Thank you to Colby for <laughs> posting there. So it's a social media account that actually has content on it. Uh, you can go to Patreon.com slash BiteMePodcast and support us uh, if you want to keep the lights on here. You can join our Discord server, which has been a little quiet lately. We need some new blood. And by that, I mean literally new blood. Um, <laughs> Uh, go to bitemepodcast.com slash discord. Hang out with us there. <sighs> Dylan, 